All right, so now's the time where we take a peek behind the curtains and let's go revisit our text messages with Stephen M. Sipple. Okay. I said, hey, Sip, we got a we got a different thing going on tomorrow. I didn't tell him about Frank Kelly. I, I never tell the guests why they're getting bumped. Okay. I just tell them that they're getting bumped. Probably probably a smart thing you know, to do. I, I could have in this case said like, hey, we have some somebody who could only you know make one time work. So we're going to have to move you around. But I said, might have to move you up tomorrow or just punt. Does any time other than 1230 work for you tomorrow? There's an update to this, which I have just received. Oh, okay. Does any time other than 1230 work for you? And I've found that that's not a great strategy either. You're just better off giving them the time. Yeah. Right? Just say, does this work? Mm-hmm. Right? And he said, name a time. And I said, you know what? Let's, let's, let's do about 115, 120. And his response to that was, that is perfect. Perfect. <laughs> okay. As you've noticed, Steve Sipple is not on the show right now, and I've just received a text from him that said, five minutes. Oh, okay. Now, in five minutes, we might only, we're might we only going to have about five minutes in five minutes. Mm. So. Five minutes in five minutes. Five, I follow. I follow. Five minutes in five. So, call him in five minutes. At 125. Okay. And we'll see exactly what the deal is with our good friend Stephen M. Sipple. Um, all right. What are we going back to from earlier today then? Because that's that's basically the options that we have at the moment. The big college football changes. Oh, the pants? The game is changing for the better or the worse, Connor. You want to talk about two-minute warnings? That's the story? Not really, but I think that's maybe the mo- the thing our audience probably wants the easiest our, one our takes on yeah oh, maybe that people wanted more nebraska baseball in in the conversation but i don't know how many more ways i could say that they're good and i like them um and that creighton will beat marquette tomorrow and tyler Kolick will or or will not play or that scott van pelt has takes on greg mcdermott so yeah maybe you're right the uh the rule proposals so, um, we mentioned the the uniforms part, and that was we made a big joke out of that. Um, but also the two minute warning that was, that was something that we didn't necessarily get into. So the committee proposed adding an automatic timeout when two minutes remain in the second and fourth quarters. The recommendation synchronizes all timing rules such as ten second runoffs and stopping the clock when a first down is gained bounds, which coincides with the two minute timeout. The two-minute timeout will allow all end-of-half and and end-of-game timing rules to be simplified with a sync-up with this timeout. Steve Shaw, the secretary rules editor, said, this will also help broadcast partners avoid back-to-back media timeouts. Now, one of the one of the things that is underlying the surface here is that the two minute warning does trigger an automatic media timeout. So it doesn't mean any more or any less timeouts. It just means that we can synchronize one straight into it, which is uh, which is good. But remember, it's all about the TV product on the ser- on the football service. It does make some sense though. We're joined now on the forty two degrees of source hotline by someone who called us, Stephen M. Sipple, HuskerOnline.com. Sipple, good afternoon. How are you? Oh, I felt terrible. I was on the phone when you called, so it's okay. Um, who who were you on the phone with? Was it Lance Leipold? 
No, I don't mind telling you. I was, it was just we were, I was catching up with Bill Moose. This catch up. He he wouldn't mind me sharing that. He's uh he's in the middle of a book. He's writing a book, so sometimes he calls and just has some you know questions about maybe stuff that happened if he remembers it right, like that sort of thing. It's not just a book about Nebraska. It's a book about uh, his career. That is a. Mi- that is the best thing you could have possibly said when I asked who was on the who were you on the phone with. That's amazing. It could have been more amazing than Bill Moose, I think. But yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> catch up with Moose. It is great. Um, it's it's great. I I I oft I what I wonder often about how he's doing, and so I'm glad that he's doing well. It seems. Yeah, he's doing well. He's on his rant. Um, he is literally writing a book. He's written 250 pages. He has a publisher. He is, um, it's serious. And it's interesting. I mean, believe me. It's not just, you know, tripe. It's, um, it's, it's, he's got some stories now. Okay, so there, there's going to be some stuff in there, Sipple, right? Like about oh. his time at Nebraska? Oh, God. You'd be, yeah. There'll be. Let's put it this way. When his book comes out, it'll be news in Nebraska. Hmm. There'll be news. There'll be a couple of things out of that book that will have to be addressed. So how many times can you can you uh, retell the story of cheesesteaks in Philadelphia? <laughs> yeah, there's that. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's, he was here during an interesting period. And um, there's a lot. He's, and he's an interesting guy. He's an interesting guy. He's one of the funniest guys I've ever been around. It was almost hard to cover at the time because it was uh, it would just devolve into um, just a lot of howling laughter. <laughs> but anyway, he's yeah, he's literally uh, on the ranch writing a book right now. I am very much looking forward to this. Is there any like targeted release date that he has? Is, is he close to being done? Where are we at? I'm I'm interested. I, I think he wants to be done for the start of the football season. Okay. All right. Yeah. Something to talk about at the College World Series shows, which I'm sure you'll be doing a lot of. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't I didn't do it last year, I don't think. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like did my schedule change or something? I don't know what um, happened last summer. I think we had it all covered. We just we just kinda covered them up last summer, which is which was good. Yeah. 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 Um, so how are things going there? They're good. Um we just had Frank Caliendo in the studio, and uh, oh God, I mi- okay. I saw that on the promos, which I tw- that's why I tweeted out the promo. God, I missed it. Okay, well I can go back and listen to that. Uh, yeah, I will listen. How did that go? It was great. Um, he he did a lot of good impressions. We were uh, we were. I had this idea that was floating around in 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 my head that we would play him some audio of you, and then he would do a you impression. But it didn't end up coming to fruition because our time got got shortened a little bit. Just as well. So who did he do impressions of? He's got uh, he's got Bill Walton. He's got he's got Barkley <laughs> ripped into some Gruden, some Jim Rome at the end. Um, oh, I'm definitely listening to that. That's got to be incredible. He does Rome. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he does. <laughs> it's really good Rome too. Yeah. So he went over okay. and spoke to the uh, to the Creighton team today. And did some like Stephen A. Smith and Barkley takes about the about the Creighton players, which it sounds like they enjoyed. <laughs> oh, that guy is ridiculously talented. <laughs> God, Happer, that's good. 
I will listen. It was fun. It all happened because Josh's uh, budding friendship with him, which is which is really nice. Josh, Josh and him are on texting terms. Oh my god, this is all too much for me to handle right now. <laughs> you can hang up and go listen. No, we we want to keep you for another five minutes or so here. Yeah. Um. Uh. Thoughts on on basketball as they head into, uh, what's basically it's. I mean, it's postseason time right now. They get a chance to do something that's never been done. Do you still think that? Or where are you at with this group after the loss last night? Absolutely, still think that. I'm struck by how 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 kind of fans are really taking this loss in stride, which I think is maybe a sign of maturity on the fans' part. <laughs> oh, that's really that's really condescending for me to say that. But it it um yeah, I don't think they's like too rattled by the loss. I'm surprised by it. I am. I'm really. I was. I thought even if Ohio State had Thornton, that Nebraska would win the game. I, I like their chances a lot. Uh, so I was surprised last night uh, that they weren't able to get over the hump in the second half. Um, Ohio State's played well, obviously. Come on, boy. Since Holtman's firing. Um, but I still thought Nebraska was the better team. Whenever the better team loses, I'm always a little struck by it. I think I still think Nebraska is a better team. I think and, you know they get the we'll call it a luxury or or maybe the good fortune of having Rutgers coming in on on Sunday at five thirty, and that you know how it is at that place. It's gonna be it was super loud against Minnesota. I imagine it'll be super loud again, and I don't and I and I imagine that Rutgers won't score fifty, right? Um, and I imagine that Nebraska will eclipse fifty. Um, with about 15 minutes to go and win by 20 plus, you know, so yeah. it, it's it's a good the schedule set up good for them. Yeah, I think the thing that kind of strikes me, or, I guess, is prior to last night. Although they got it going a little bit, um, but it happens especially when they play at home. Um, just they, they have they have this kind of swagger. And what what sort of tipped me off in my memory of thinking about this was you talking about how how they play when they get in front of their home crowd, and there always used to be. This kind of, and it still exists, this kind of nervous energy surrounding the team that, like, the bottom is going to drop out at, at any moment. And I think part of the part of the fan base is, like you said, maturity um, of taking the loss okay last night was that they are still good. And they have this sort of, you know, they got this swagger about them right now. Like, I, I, I still feel like that carries on with them. I do, too. I don't think it'll just go away, especially profound at home. The only, I mean, if I'm just, with a sort of negative slant, it's and it's not overly negative, but I think this team will know that will will always regard this team as one that was I, I was going to say elite at home. I mean, they're an elite team at home. They're just not very good on the road. That's the way it is. That's there's nothing really you're going to it can do now to overcome that. I guess technically you'd be playing away if you won the Big Ten tournament. That would help and. I guess they'd erase a lot of that if they won the Big Ten tournament and won in the NCAA tournament. But as it is right now, it will that's how we'll remember them. Steve uh, Sip, yeah. Winning again, I gotta do anything to to do that. That's that was sort of the disappointment. But I still believe they're a team that can do damage at the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. There's nothing that that would dissuade my thinking on that that happened last night. I agree with you completely. Uh, Steve Sipple of Husker Online. 
is with us. I wanted to ask you, um, we were sort of ruminating a little bit on this topic before we brought you on. Um, but you know, in they, the, the center focus, obviously, as we head into spring ball will be Dylan Riola from the, from the outsider perspective. And I, they, they released the, the documentary, the kind of day in the life stuff. And I, you know, Dylan wasn't really in there much. And I think rule has talked about this a little bit before and, and where their program is going to be kind of focused and you know he wants a defensive oriented team right um but the i feel like there's a conscious effort to to kind of like pump the brakes a little bit on the now you're only going to be able to control so much on the Dylan Riola kind of hype train like how have you felt the way about the way that they sort of you know i don't know portray him i guess to the to the public as we kind of start going down this road of where we're actually going to play football. I feel like it's a little bit of an effort to say, hey, there's more guys that matter in our program. I don't know. I, maybe I need to pay closer attention, but I, there just haven't been many opportunities even to play. Definitely, now. yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying. I, but I, 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 uh, I think they have a they, – they, they, they don't want it to be a quarterback-centric program. And I'm not even talking about from personalities, like from a football standpoint. I think this has been a, a, I mean, you you know it. It's been a quarterback centric program for a long time, and they can get quarterback good quarterback play without having him be everything in your in your program. Oh my God, that's a good point, Happer. I hadn't even really thought of it that way, but the fact that it is a defensive oriented program now probably works in all the quarterbacks' favor. You know, Dylan Rayola and you know Heinrich Harburg, Daniel Kalen, all of them. Um, that's a, I guess I really hadn't thought of it in those in those terms. I haven't given much thought to the topic that you raised about Dylan because it just hasn't been there hasn't just been much to discuss at this point. They're, they're in winter conditioning. Everybody's in winter conditioning across the country. It's not not overly unique. Um, I think we try to make it unique. It's really not. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. so so Dylan is just doing what guys do. And I think he's everything I've heard suggests that he's come in with a good attitude. Um, but yeah, I don't need the head coach to say that right now. Who, what's it mean? What doesn't really mean much. Right. Um, so, and I, but I think what you said is exactly right. It's not going to be a. It won't be a quarterback centric program. Now it'll become a little bit more quarterback centric if he's in the Heisman Trophy on his Correct. Point. Yeah. <laughs> Which. Hey, hold on a second. Cat, get, hold on. Chloe, come on. Cat got out. Inside cat. Get the hell out of um, I, uh, I was holding the door open, and we have an inside cat that got out. Um, <laughs> uh, no problem. Um, so, yeah, I, that's a good tell. You make a great point, Apple. Thank you. But, that, no, I'm not. We'll see what it's like in the spring. And with the conversation might evolve a little bit come spring game time, right? Yeah. Um you know, we'll, we'll see what that all looks like. But I think there is a head coach over there that can handle that that part of the Oh, kind of temper that as yeah. much as he can. We'll see how it works. All right, Simple. Um, well, g- get everybody back in where they need to be, back in their cages, back in their houses. Are we good over there? Yeah, Chloe's an inside cat. She would last about. 15 minutes in the wild, so it's always a freak show when she sneaks out. I don't know even why she does it. 
she always takes about four steps out and realizes, oh, this is not for me, and then heads back in. Yeah. If it was my responsibility for Chloe being eaten by a fox or something, I'd never live it down, okay? Tell Chloe that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. <laughs> Just stay in that house. I will tell her. I'll tell her exactly that, okay? All right. Bye, Simple. Thank you. See you. See you. Look, Connor, I don't want to be prisoner of the moment here. <laughs> that might have been the best Sipple interview you've ever done. Cat got out. Twice! You got the huge reveal of the moose book. I know! I know! I don't think he understands what he told us. Like, no, I'd like, you know... He, I, know, he knows it'll be a big deal with the book prints. Yeah, it, that, mo- that, that book will have some momentum around here, probably. Mm, yeah, probably. Chris Redson. Hi, Chris. Cat got out. <laughs> Has to be in the new simple intro for the show. Uh, mustache Adam writes in. Hi, Mustache. Get the hell inside, Cat. Is it all timer from Sipple? Absolutely amazing. It was great before the cat got out. And, uh, oh, Frank Caliendo. I just, yeah, he's obsessed apparently with Frank Caliendo. He's incredibly talented. I got to go back and listen to that right now. He does our gym roam. He was doing Romy. Doc writes in. Hi, Doc. What's uh-huh. up, Doc? Uh-huh. Sip yelling at his cat is the highlight of this interview. It's hard to say. Was it that? Was it the revelation that Bill Moose is writing a book? Or was it his affection of Frank Caliendo, who's incredibly talented? Uh, Hurt and Husker fan writes on Twitter, the cat's name being Chloe seems very simple. <laughs> I'd never live it down if that cat got eaten by a fox. I'd never live it down. That's an all-timer. Yep, thank you, Simple. Appreciate it. Happy New Year. We'll be back with more. We will finish out the show with poll questions, and we'll tell you what to watch on 1620 The Zone.